she's on the inside. She got the scoop on the ones to watch, on the ones that's hot. No one can do it quite like Caroline. Caroline. No one can do it quite like Caroline. It's time for Caroline. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Hyper Caroline Hobby. I am your host, Caroline Hobby. I know music, I know people, and I know the questions you want to ask. So let's get hyper. Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. This episode is super exciting. I have one of the hottest new females in country music joining me, Jillian Jacqueline. She has all sorts of new songs up. Her single, Hate Me, is on Spotify. It's already had a couple million streams, as well as her other single, Reasons. She's been opening for Dwight Yoakam, Billy Currington. She got her start with Kenny Rogers. Her story is fantastic. You, I promise, will love her and will just want to eat her music up. Here is Jillian Jacqueline. I'm so thrilled to have you with me. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. First off, I've known you forever. Like, how long? Six years? Six years. Yeah. We even wrote a couple songs together. We did. Before you became Jillian Should we do that again? No, I've retired from writing songs. Oh, okay. No more. Yeah, the last song I actually think I ever wrote was probably with you. No. Yeah. Gosh, really? Yeah, because I was having one of my mini midlife meltdown crises. Quarter life. Quarter life crisis. You know, I've had several. And you were right there. We wrote a song about, it was called Puppet. Yeah, because you were in a trio at the time, and it wasn't going according to plan. I had an experience like that. When I first moved here, I was, like, thrown into a duo with a guy. That's how we met. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. What were y'all called? Um, we changed our name like five times. We were Jillian and Ryan, then we were Carousel. We had a bunch of different things, um, but it just wasn't, it didn't work out. And it was, you know, eight months of time where we had just tried and the chemistry just wasn't there. So, And that's kind of something that I really want to talk to you about today, but we have so much to talk about, but I'm yes. just going to harp on it right now okay. since we're talking about it. Yeah. You have been so ready for this career for so long. Brady's not the right word. You have been poised for this career for so long, starting at nine years old when you were pretty much discovered by Kenny Rogers, which we have to talk about that audition. And then Vince Gill. Mm -hmm. And then your sisters Mm -hmm. had a band. Was it Luna Halo? Luna Bells. The Luna Bells. The Luna Bells. (laughs) Yeah. That were signed, and you weren't a part of that. But then you have your own duo that's happening, which I forgot about. Yes. But all of these things have happened in your music Mm -hmm. career. Yeah. That you would think one of them would have just gone like this <clears throat> yeah. starting at nine. But it's it's now. It's happening now. It's happening now. And it's supposed yeah. to be now. And I feel like with my entire existence that it's supposed to be now for you. It That's wasn't awesome. supposed to be sooner. Thank you. Don't you feel that I way? I completely agree. I mean, I have to think that because, you had to wait it, because like it's 20, happening now. How old are you? I'm 29. You had to wait yeah. like 20 years for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, it didn't feel like waiting. You know, it felt like what? each phase was like such a different um, thing. And I was doing, I was making music at all those stages of my life. But um, I always really thought long and hard about everything. So all those like stages meant something. But this moment is actually um, a culmination of like me as a human being, like finding out exactly uh, what I wanted to say. Um, and that takes a long time. At least it did for me, you know. And I feel like these songs really reflect that. And, you know, you've known me long enough that you knew I was in a relationship for a really long time. And so, um, you know, I've been writing songs for since I got here and then before that. But these songs, a lot of these songs on this album are like 
six months old. And we like wrote them and we went right into the studio. And they're very fresh from something that I was actually going through. And I, this, like Reasons and Hate Me, which the title Hate Me is the best title of a song I've ever heard. Thanks. They're so real. Like when you're saying we're standing at the kitchen sink and we feel like roommates. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's well, No, reasons. that's reasons. Yeah. That's reasons. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the way that you are putting your relationship that was falling apart into a song, how many people feel that Yeah. 100% but don't know how to say it? Mm. And you say it in such a way I've never heard said before with the hookiest melodies behind it. Yeah, I think a lot of that is due to the fact that I wrote them with my best friend. Um, his name's Topher Brown, and he was my therapist through a lot of what I was going through. And he songwriting was my therapy. Too. He's so <laughs> talented, and you know we became we became friends first. So we were just hanging out and really talking to each other as as best friends, and um, everything was super honest and super real. So when we were going to write songs, there was no sugarcoating and no skating around it, and for a long time, as a as a writer, I was actually avoiding talking about relationships because, um, as a female, I wanted to prove to myself that I didn't have to talk about men, boys, men, whatever. I wanted to talk about other things. What and then, else did you want to talk about? Um, just you know, life things and and what makes me a human being. And um, you know, I had a lot of like funny tongue in cheek things that I wanted to say, um, and essentially. I still have that side, but a lot of that was just me trying to avoid actually saying the stuff that I didn't want to admit that was going on. And um, these songs came out, and I couldn't really stop, stop them. them coming out. They were out. coming. Yeah, Do they were coming like out. Do you feel like they were yeah. divine, too, in a way? Like, they were, it was a flow? It was like a journal entry. It was uh, just things I was writing down and things I was saying out loud, and, and we just put them to music. And that felt really scary and very emotional. It feels very raw. Like they, even yeah. though the songs are so hooky, you learn them in one. I hear them one time; it's memorized. That's but awesome. But the lyrics feel very vulnerable and very raw. And mm. I was actually wanting to talk to you about that. Is it terrifying <laughs> to be so honest? It should be. <laughs> it probably should be. It 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 has been putting them out has been really scary because the person that they're about will hear them, and everybody that knew us will hear them, and they'll know that I kind of went for the jugular. <laughs> like, I just said it because I had to say it, but I think... But you still said um, it tastefully. You didn't say anything that's not... There's nothing... You're just saying You're just saying how a relationship is when it's falling apart. It's I think like it's important to be um, open-minded and also see that everybody has a story. That person has a side to the story. I have a side to the story, and I would never... Um, I would never put the, you know, the bad guy role on someone that didn't ask for it. That's not, just not fair. So mm -hmm. I think uh, the most important thing is when you're being truthful is the truth is everybody has their side. You know, right. you can't just write a song and pretend that they were the only, were the the only one. No, yeah, because it's never really that way. We all, in relationships, it's always two-sided. So and they say it's your side, my side, and the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to tell both sides of the story. And I think, I hope that we did that with these songs. I think we did. And I mean, the album is very, I think the album is really well-rounded. It's not just about this breakup. Um, it's, uh, like you said, it took me a really long time to get here. So I had a lot of stuff to say. There's songs um, that I already put out that are going on the album as well. There's a song called Kids These Days that 
has been really important to me for a long Tell time. Tell me about that one. Uh, Topher and I wrote that, and we wrote it about three and a half, four years ago, and it is something that I've noticed in um, culture, and I'm sure we all have. It's kind of a recurring theme where the teenagers do all the wrong things, and the parents are shaking their heads and saying, oh my gosh, the world's going to hell. They're they, they don't understand anything. They have no morals. And it's happened literally for decades and Kids decades and days. decades. Yeah. And it's just, it, it happens in every generation. And You're I wanted so to right. kind of sum that up and be like, dude, my parents were the bad guys when they were young. And now they're telling us that, you know, we don't stand for anything and we are too um, wishy-washy about our, you know, political opinions and all this stuff. So I thought that was worth commenting on and just saying, I love you know, that. when you grow up, you just kind of, you kind of want to break out of your skin and figure out where you stand in the world and um, that song is kind of about that so I love yeah. crime too is Thank that gonna you. make yes, the album? yes it is making the album I'm so excited because I still really love that I love that song yeah. and that's kind of in the same sort of vein like yeah. you want to live in your prime like yeah how great that you are aware that you're in your prime well I, I've had 45 year old women tell me like <laughs> I love this song because it makes me feel like I'm in my prime and I'm like you are like wherever you are in your life and you feel happy to be there that's your prime, you know? And, Amen um, to that. It's so true. Um, I think I, like, read somewhere online that they consider your prime, you know, um, actually it's, like, married couples whose kids have moved out, and then they're in their prime because they get to enjoy their That's lives That's how my together. mom is. Yeah. She's free as a bird. She loves emptiness. It's yeah. been great. Yeah. See? You're in your so prime wherever you wherever are. wherever you are. Yeah. I think that's really important, too, for people to know. And, I, I mean, we all struggle with that. You know, thinking the pe the best thing is either behind us or to ahead come. of us, but it could be right where we are right now. So. I think it always is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I like to think so. Okay, yeah. so why don't I kind of go to the beginning? Sure. You're nine yes. years old. Nine years old. This is a hilarious story because this is actually the story of my life, which is why <laughs> it took me so long to get here because I was so um, clueless. My mom saw an ad for a, for a Broadway show audition in a newspaper that we got, and we lived in Pennsylvania, and so after school one day, it was like the last day of third grade, she drove me two hours to New York City. We got there. The audition was already closing. They'd already seen like 50 girls, and my mom was like, please just like let her come in. She just wants to sing, and she can read the part, and um, it was horrible. I had two different colored socks on, and they asked me to dance, and I could not dance. They're so like, you can do? you do a shuffle thing, whatever girls that, I don't know what those dance moves are, but... I didn't know how to do it, and I was like, I, um, I don't know how to Did do that. Did you make one up? No, they had a woman there that was supposed to teach you how to do it, and she like showed me one time through, and I just couldn't get it. But I sang The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, and my headshot was a picture of me and my aunt <laughs> from dinner. Your aunt that my mom, a headshot? My, well, it was just a picture. It wasn't even a headshot. They're like, do you have a picture? And my mom's like, this is all we have. And she handed them this picture of me and my aunt. So needless to say, the audition did not go well. But we're driving home from New York, and we get a phone call. My mom gets a phone call, and it was the producer of the show. And he's like, we love her. We love that she had no idea what she was doing. Can you come back? And so we had to do three more auditions. And anyway, long story short, uh, I ended up doing the last audition with Kenny, and then that was on Broadway. It was this Christmas show. You he started your whole career on Broadway with Kenny Rogers? Yeah, I mean, fast forward through all the open mic nights and karaoke that I did when I was like seven and eight. And How yeah. did you even know to start this at seven or eight? I was just singing in the car to the radio, like 
Patty Loveless and Pam Tillis and Lori Morgan just singing all the time. And so my mom just was trying to find outlets for me to get to do that in front of people because she was like, I think she's good. So what? thank what? God my mom was such a momager because she really say. like pushed me to do it. And it made me feel um, like proud. I was like, oh, I can do this and people like it when I do it. How yeah. wonderful to have a supportive parent because so yeah, many parents. Yeah, both of my parents were so supportive. So yeah. many parents don't support their children and their dreams. Yeah. I think that's crazy. You need to go to school and finish it all the way. They don't no. really want to, not that you shouldn't finish school, but they don't take it seriously. No. I think it's like a little hobby. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard so many stories of that happening to friends of mine and even like legend artists. Like I, Tom Petty's in his, um, in his, what's the running down a dream in that movie. He talks about how his dad hated that he was a musician. I'm like, that is amazing to me that he kept going with all that resistance, but I didn't have that. I've never had that. My parents are incredibly supportive. And I mean, they pulled us out of school. We were homeschooled for a long time. And Did you start the train with your sisters getting into music? Because then all yeah. of them are also in music also. Well, we started together because after I did the Kenny show on Broadway, it went on tour for uh, five years and I did the same part for so five years. So you went years. on tour? Yeah, so we were like on the road for three months out of the year with Kenny and he, br he brought all my sisters, he brought my parents. Are it was a big production. Me? I mean, there was a lot of people, but um, my sisters and I started a band during that time, just a four-sister family band. We called ourselves the Little Women Band after the movie and the book. <laughs> so um, we know where you were in your life, reading right? the Little Women. Yes. That was hot. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But it matched. And we all, like, matched the characters in order, like Beth, Amy, Joe. Y'all really did match them? We thought we did. Yeah, Yeah, we totally. liked We liked to think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, the band kind of became our lives while we were homeschooled. So we were on the road in a van just going wherever, playing festivals and fairs. And how do you get booked when you are when you don't have an agent and you don't really have, how do you make that oh, happen? Oh, gosh. I mean, these weren't like high-level shows. But you're still <laughs> getting like, shows. My mom was very tenacious. She saw She it. was the kind of woman that was like, well, we don't have tickets to the show, but we can just show up and like someone will let us in. I'm like, I don't know if it works like that, Mom. But, but it does. she would just get us in. And then she'd be like, well, I know the security guard because um, so-and-so, and I'll just talk to him. He'll let us backstage. And then we would get backstage. And I'm like, huh, just act like you know what you're doing, and people let you into places. Have you taken that philosophy? I try. Sometimes my, like, type A, stand in line, follow the leader, <laughs> comes into play. I'm like, no, we can't do this, no. But I have, I have a little bit of her in me for sure with that. So what was it like performing with Kenny Rogers? Were you even a, old enough to be starstruck by him, or did you know what was happening? I, I'm going to admit I did not know. That's almost better. It's a blessing to kind yeah. of be naive about it. You're so young. I had no idea. You're fresh on the planet. You're yeah. barely, like, in oh, yeah. into the world. I, kn I knew more about his chicken than I knew about, because he had a restaurant for a long time. So I had heard of that, <laughs> Kenny Rogers Roasters, which didn't last. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so I knew about that. But obviously, I became very familiar with all of his stuff. I mean, The Gambler and Lucille. And I've seen his live show I don't know how many times. So I have all those songs memorized now. And I'm, I'm, he is, I'm so thankful because I learned so much from him about longevity in your career and just being respectful of the process and I mean he's had so many different waves of like being popular and then not and he's just been very just even keeled and steady and trusted and it's awesome to watch. What is he like as a performer? What did you take away getting to watch yeah. him on stage? Did that impact how you perform and how how you view the entertainment industry? 
He yes, because he's very aware that um, people want a certain thing from each artist. They fall in love with you for a certain reason, and he's so good about playing the songs the same way every night. He tells the same jokes, and they're all still really funny. Um, he knows exactly what they expect when they buy a ticket, and he gives it to them. And he's he has no pride or ego about that. Like, oh, I wow. want to try this differently. Or I want to do this. He's like, no, I'm going to give them what they want, and this is what they want. And he's also so humble. He'll say things like, I'm not a really good singer, but I just pick great songs. I'm like, you're an incredible singer. Uh, but he just doesn't ever let himself go to like that place of ego where he's the greatest thing that God's ever made, which I think a lot of artists probably do. I feel like being humble, really, the artists that really make it really are humble. And we were talking yeah. about Cher. You were kind of mentioning that. Yeah. Because you were just watching the Billboard Yes, Awards. last Tell night. Tell your takes on that. I can't speak for how humble Cher is. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well, Her wigs like... are pretty big, so <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I think that she was so cool to say what she said when she accepted her. She had, it was some Lifetime Achievement Award, I think. And she just said, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of this was luck. I think a lot of my career was just I got lucky. And um, to admit that, you know, so late in your career, she didn't want to stand up there and say, I did everything right. I take all this recognition. And I was just, you know, I worked really hard. No, she said it was luck. And that is, um, you know, it's almost like discrediting all the hard work that she did and how she would persevered. But I like that honesty because I kind of believe that too. I think a lot of it is the right combination of being prepared and also the situation just coming your way. And that's probably why, you know, I'm at the point now where you've yeah, never you can't give up. Journey. Yeah, I mean, for me, there was really no other option because I just I'm wired to want to make music and share it with people, and that probably comes from my parents too, just instilling that like you have a gift, you should share it, and I think um, I think that's really important. But yeah, share is um, obviously a legend, and for her to say that was really interesting to me just to kind of put the credit back on luck because it is true though you see all these people who are so talented who really never get their big break yeah but also I do think it is bound to happen if you have the gift and the talent and the drive and never let it stop it is bound to happen some way or another I think you're right I don't yeah. think it can be avoided it may take yeah. your whole life mm -hmm. or even after you're dead but it's going to be exposed yeah I think that I've seen that happen with a lot of artists in town who I met at a certain point and maybe things hadn't gone as well for them and they were frustrated and they didn't stop and then all of a sudden Even the tides you, turned. for an instance. So yeah. starting at nine and it just now all yeah. coming together 20 years later. Yeah. Well, I kind of view it not as like this aha moment but more of like another step up the mountain. Mm -hmm. It's not like I finally made it. It's more like this is really cool that I'm getting to a larger audience now and then the next step will come, and then I'll fall back down the mountain, and then I'll have to walk back up, and then fall back down. I think that's I just that what it is. I love that you like that, that you see it you like that. You have to, because wave. It, it changes so fast. I mean, we know with social media, there's so many different ways people discover music now, and so the relationship with artists is so different than what we grew up with, even. Mm -hmm. And I have to keep that in mind when I'm making music that, um, you know, it feels like, to me, it's like my heart and my soul in a song, but also, um, you know, come like another six months or a year, people are going to want something else right. and then something else. So you're going to have to keep figuring out how to uh, either reinvent yourself or become more honest or try different things or, yeah, it's like a new challenge all the time. 
So you have this big Kenny Rogers experience to start your life off. That's literally how you start your life. Is yeah. with Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Touring with him on Broadway. Yeah. What a way to get into the world. I mean, you're just starting off crazy. He's <laughs> like, here I am. You know, I yeah. love that. That's, so then yeah. you form a band with your sisters. Your whole life, all of your real existence and memory that you can wrap your head around has been performing. Yeah. Being in a band. Like, this is what you do. You have a burnout. Like, mm -hmm. to be so young. Mm -hmm. Normally people yeah. have a burnout when they're a little bit older, but like you have a burnout. Yeah. At, well, tell me about that. And how old totally. are you? And how did that happen? Yeah. Um, it is really weird because I was only 15 or 16 <laughs> when it happened, but it had felt so like so a long soon. time. Yeah. And it, it coincided with a few things. My parents were actually getting divorced and um, I that was... that song that happened in there too with your parents divorcing. Yeah. So when I was 13, uh, Kenny, Kenny's management company brought me in to sing on a song with Billy Dean and Susie Boggess and it was called Please Keep Mom and Dad in Love. While your parents are divorcing. Ironically. Same time. And so I was feeling it like hardcore. And as a kid, you're like, oh my God, this hurts. And you don't know why. And so I was singing that song and it actually made it onto the Billboard charts for a little while. Um, it was like 48 or 49 or something for a couple weeks, which was really cool. But um, yeah, I got to a point after that, my parents moved us to New York to try to, you know, make things work. And my, the band was still going, but I was just feeling... Um, very defiant against that situation. I mean, because it was all in the family. I mean, it mm -hmm. was all kind of wrapped into one. And the band was, you know, being affected by what they were going through, obviously. So, Are you the oldest? I'm the third, actually. So okay. there's two more above me. But I think I felt like I just got to, like, find my place outside of this because it, it just doesn't feel good. And so I actually uh, left the band and went back to high school. So I went to high school the last two years of high school. You've been homeschooled your whole life? Homeschooled. What is well, that? Well, since third grade, yeah. What is that like all of a sudden, like being in this family band? Like you got your it was little. It really, really hard because they all <laughs> they had friends. did not like that I did that. My sisters were like, how could you do this? And oh, the, it was hard with the family. Oh, yeah. They, the family felt like you betrayed them by wanting to go to school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most kid parents are like, go to school, do your homework. Yeah, like, no. Can I go to school? I had one parent that was like, I wanted me to go back to school, and one parent that was like, how could you do this to the band? So I was like dealing with all of that. This oh, is, so some yeah. major turmoil on a little heart. Yeah, I, I think I've always, I think a lot of songwriters probably feel this way when they were young, um, very in tune with our emotions. And so I was a journal keeper for a very long time. And yeah, a lot of stuff hit me like really hard emotionally. And How do you process that? How do you process... You're in a family business. Mm -hmm. You have family, your parents who are running the family business. Yeah. They kind of depend on you to make the family business work. And yeah. now you want to leave and your parents are divorcing on top of it. Mm -hmm. How, what is going, like, what are you thinking? What are the feelings? Mm, well, when you're that young, in. you don't, I don't think I, I think it was almost like a blackout in my mind. When I look back, I'm like, what happened? And it took me a long time to piece together the chronological order of everything. Because I think they say with children, when it feels like trauma, they kind of just block it out. Mm -hmm. And I think I was sort of doing that for a little while, trying to, to cope with it. Um, I actually tried to do a solo project at that time with a producer in New York City. And your parents or your family is probably so upset with you that you're doing a solo project. It was project. weird. Yeah, it was And it you're was just hard. like, I just want to be me for a minute. Yeah. And the songs were that way. Like, I just want to be ordinary. I want to be myself. It was all kind of that theme. Because I had felt like, you know, thrust into this uh, very unordinary life um, and I wanted some semblance of normalcy I just wanted to feel like I had friends and 
And I went through that phase, and thank God I did. So your rebellion yeah. was actually going to school and just trying yeah. to be yourself. Pretty much. <laughs> Not like yeah. anything crazy. Just yeah. like, can I just go to high school? Totally. And yeah. be an independent person? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Which is so weird. It's such an opposite rebellion. Yeah. Of most, most parents yeah. are like, they're like, just go to school. and They're encouraging those yeah. things. Yeah. And not that, you know, neither of my parents wanted anything bad for it's me. All good. But right. But they totally. just were, I, they of course were thinking they were doing the right things and encouraging me to be unique and different and stand out. And I have that, you know, too, where I'm like, you know, they told us as kids, like, you're different, you're unique. And that's helpful when you're an artist because you kind of have to have that mindset because your life looks very different from all your friends and um, it's just, you know, it's a, just a different lifestyle and perspective. Um, but, yeah, when I went back to college, I really didn't do music for, like, four years. You just needed a break. Yeah. You needed to just yeah. see what else was out there in the world. Because, honestly, your whole reasoning life had been music. Mm -hmm. So you just needed to try some other flavors of the ice cream spectrum. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. I get that. Oh, yeah. It was really great. It was, I made some friends that I know I'll have for the rest of my life. And... I studied abroad. What did you study? Uh, I studied marketing. Oh, and I studied in Rome. Yeah, <gasps> in Italy. What was that like to live in Rome and Italy? Especially in this very um, important time of your life. Right? Yeah. Well, I, I come from Italian roots, so that meant a lot to me to do that. But I was in college, so I was drunk a lot. Perfect. <laughs> That's true. Cute boys, probably. Um, I know we have a boyfriend yeah. who's here. No. Hey. It's all good. But yeah. it's good to make out with There was a guy boys. named Marco. His name was Marco. It's true. Yeah. yeah. What a perfect time to be drunk and making out, you know? And Seriously. eating gelato and pasta. Yes. Yes. Perfect. So great. Perfect time. Yeah. Oh. And they serve, like, table wine that's $2 and not disgusting. Yes. It's so good. Yeah. So that was awesome. And then, literally, I graduated. I went to Thailand for three months with my mom. And uh, the day that I left Thailand, I moved here. And I haven't left since. And I just kind of threw myself right back into it. It was one of those kind of like a quarter life thing where you're like, okay, I'm done with that chapter. What is calling me? And I was really going through a hard time. Like, I don't really want to do anything else but music. So, and my sisters already lived here. And so, they formed this band, Luna Bells, at that point? Yep. Did they you came down here with a producer like a year before I had even gotten here. Did you feel left out? Because now Little Women has turned to Luna Bells, and guess who's not in Luna Bells now? Yeah, I had a little bit of that, but it was more from a family and like a aspect. Major record deal with they Sony, did. Too. They did. So it's like not only are yeah. you not in it now, they have a record deal and you're not in it. The funny thing about that is I never felt competitive with them because I knew that what they were doing was just different than what I was doing. And I just That's had this like instinct you. where I was like, this is not for me. So they should enjoy that. It's not mine. And I just put my head down and I waitressed a lot and I bartended and I asked people to write with me that probably didn't want to write with me. And I just, I was just very determined um, for a long time. That's so wise of you to even have that kind of awareness because a, a lot of people might not feel that way. It could yeah. feel like this whole thing you've been a part of your whole life and now mm -hmm. actually it's materialized into something. Yeah. You're not in it. I think it comes down to the music. Mm -hmm. If I had been like, wow, they're making the music I want to make, that would have been hard. But I had my own idea of what I wanted to sound like and it wasn't that. So I just knew it wasn't right, you know. And I think the only thing I felt left out of was the sister bond, you know, mm -hmm. in that way. Because they were all doing their thing and I was kind of all by myself. But um, it's worked out fine for all of us. And they're all doing music in their own ways and flourishing and living in different parts of the country. And we all are so much stronger now than we ever were. 
So Don't you, isn't it interesting how God, the universe, whatever this thing is that we're a part of out in this world that we're living in, does that? Like yeah. we have to get our heart broken. Yeah. And like we have to like just hit the, the rock bottom. Seriously, the rock we bottom. Wrote that song together. The, we one did. of the last songs I yeah. ever wrote. Yeah. yeah. And maybe several times, you know, <laughs> and you just keep hitting bottom. But then you get to a point where. You're so much stronger yeah. because of it. Yes. Yeah. I think it's so necessary. It is. Yeah. And like even this horrible heartbreak that you went through. Mm. Now it has led you to the most authentic, real spot in your music career where you're finally emerging yeah. as the artist that you've been building up to be. And obviously, like you said, you'll keep reinventing. But if you wouldn't have had that pain, yeah. Oh, yeah. you wouldn't have this Those songs would never music. come out. Of course. It's yeah. so weird how you have to go through the pain. It is. It is weird. Um, I'm, th I'm really thankful for it now. Because it pushed me to another level of honesty that I never would have gotten to. And I'm really proud that this is the first, essentially the first thing people are going to hear. Many people are going to hear from me. You know, because I put stuff out before, but this is truly, like, naked. You're like, okay, well, here it is. Yeah. You know, here's all the information. And, and you also, like, put something out with Vince Gill before, too, which was amazing. Yeah, he sang on a song that I wrote with um, Topher and Richard Marks. And that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. You had a star-studded past. Like, you have been, everyone has seen your greatness, and you have mm, known your really greatness sweet. and your talent. But it just takes a while for the, the food to be prepared, you know? Yeah. To be ready to serve. Yeah, I think it happens in different ways. You know, we see people that it seems like overnight, and we see people that are super young. You're like, oh, my gosh, everything's happening. And that is their story, and a lot of them probably would say it was definitely not overnight. Um, but for me, it's all about conviction. I think people um, want conviction from an artist, and they want, and I think conviction just comes from really, like, maintaining um, the same level of dedication for a long time. And whatever you do for it to be the best thing that you can do, and I've I feel like I've been pretty careful with that. I think I probably could have put out a lot of music in the last few years and just put it out because I needed to feel that recognition bouncing back off totally. of me. But I really just had an internal compass that was telling me that this was not, the best song was still coming. And You knew that? You felt I it? I did. I really did feel that. You I was felt like, it? Yeah, even with Overdue, I was like, there's something else coming and this is just the precursor. What does that feel like? Because I feel like many people... I think it's called perfectionism and it's probably not very healthy. No, I it's don't just think so. always wanting to be better than you currently are. But you know reasons and hate me. You probably don't feel like there's something better. You know there's something that I'm will come later. I'm very proud of them, yeah. But those feel like what you've been waiting for. For sure, right so, now at this point in my life. And I'm kind of like, these songs. yeah, and I don't know what will happen when these songs run their course. I don't know if I'll suddenly have a new wave of, okay, this is who I am now. It's interesting. It's just kind of following that gut, heart thing. Do you believe in callings? Do you think we all have a calling? Hmm. I think we all have dreams. Callings, It's that's a different... I think a calling actually... Um, compels you to act like you're like I'm called to do this I must and I think um, certain people have that I don't do know. you feel like you've been called to do music like you must yeah I guess I would say that yeah I've never had another option I've never wanted another option and it feels like the only way that I could feel true to myself is why, if I'm doing this why do you think people give up on their dreams mm. oh that's a hard question I don't even like to think about that so many it, people do 
I think about that all the time when I'm at like restaurants across the country, like if we're on the road or I always look at the waiters and waitresses and I'm like, I wonder if there's something that they wish they were doing and I want to tell them to do it. Not that being a waiter or waitress is a bad thing, but I was one for a long time and I think I always know that that's, for a lot of people, it's a means to get to the next level and I'm like, what does stop people? I don't know. Do you think people are scared? Were you scared? Have you ever had a moment where you wanted to quit through all of this? No. You haven't? No matter how no. hard it got? Did you, ever, did you ever have a moment where it was so hard, you were like, why is this so hard? Or have yes. you viewed it all as... Yeah, I, there was a point a couple years ago where I had been um, trying to, I was doing photography like on the side to make money and it wasn't cutting it, and so I had to go back to bartending at a restaurant. And I had been writing songs during that time, but nothing had happened. And I was bartending for a few months and really hating it, like wanting to go home and cry every night because I was like, I can't do this anymore. What? How do I? What? Where do I go? And luckily, I met with Steve Markland, who's now my publisher. And Topher and I had a, done a couple demos that Steve loved, and he took a chance and signed me. And that I was, when that happened. yeah, that was like the turning point where so I thought all hope was lost. I mean, and then here yeah, comes the light. And then there was the light. Tiny little light. Yeah, but I had to go and find the light. Like, it wasn't just waiting. I was like, how do I find the light? And I found the light. You, you had know? to hunt it down. Be yeah. proactive. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we're going to hear some of your songs. Yay. Can't wait. But I like to wrap up yes. with Leave Your Light. So leave some inspiration <laughs> oh, this is nice. of how you have been inspired mm. or how you want to be inspired. Oh, also, you did say one quote that I love. You said, walk into the room like you're a man. Yes, my friend Elena told me that because she does. Like, she is so incredibly strong, and she just carries herself very proud, and uh, she's not afraid to hold herself and hold you space. Know, with respect. Yeah, um, and hold space, and that really impacted me because I think women – sometimes feel like we have to um, be like pliable or at least um, you know easy to work around or I don't know what it is but we kind of come into the room and we're like try to read it do we need to use sexuality do we need to use our intellect we kind of know how to do that um, but what if we didn't have to think about that we could just hold ourselves like important people and not as women so love that I thought that was really important for women to know especially in the music industry because I have no problem with being happy and comfortable with your sexuality, but I think it's so important to remember that you are a whole human being, and there's a lot going on besides just what you look like. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so now, leave your light. All this whole I wish you had prepared me for this no, one. No, no. I, I, I don't, okay, I'm not good at being on the spot. Um, just how you've been inspired or how, how you like I've been to inspire inspired. people? I think it's... Uh, it's very important to take care of yourself. Um, that is how you can shine to other people, is if you are constantly trying to fill yourself up with goodness. Um, so pay attention to what you need, and don't do anything for anyone else, because it will not satisfy you. I love that. That's all I got. <laughs> you are wise. Jillian Jackman. OK, now Thank we're going to hear some songs. Yeah, are you going to play it. us? Which ones are you going to play We're going to play you the ones we've released. So. <gasps> like and we can go check them out so reasons and hate me okay yeah so excited okay here she comes teal audio's newest speaker line the aurora live stream speakers are designed to fit seamlessly into your home with its wide range of connectivity to check out the latest speaker line go to tealaudio.com okay so jillian first who do we have with us this is brian brown 
amazing guitar player, also my boyfriend. Love it. You guys are so cute. Tell us about this first song you're singing. Okay. The first song we're going to do is Reasons, and we just released it last month. And this one is really about admitting that it's time to go in a relationship and how all the excuses you're making are just wasting time. I don't want to tell my parents, want to tell my sister, you don't want to tell your friends, you don't want to pack your stuff, fall back in love with another girl again, all alone picking up takeout, coming home to an empty house, admitting that the time we spent was just a lesson, we've got all our reasons why we try to justify sticking it up, stay together. It was supposed to last forever You and I Too scared to say goodbye Because of what would happen later We're not doing us any favors I'm so sick of living a lie So screw all of our reasons why We feel like roommates standing at the same sink. We don't even kiss goodnight. I don't want to be a quitter. Don't want to have to answer when everybody asks me why. Giving all your t-shirts back. Putting all my stuff in bags. We were supposed to be married by the time we're 30. Breaking up is scary. All these reasons why we try to justify. Sticking it out to stay together. It was supposed to last forever You and I Too scared to say goodbye Because of what would happen later We're not doing us any favors I'm so sick of living a lie So screw all of our reasons why Goodbye I don't love you, you don't love me It can be, it can be just that simple, baby I don't love you, you don't love me It can be, it should be just that simple, baby I don't love you, you don't love me It can be, it can be just that simple, baby I don't love you, you don't love me It can be, it should be, yeah Reasons why we try to justify Sticking it out to stay together It was supposed to last forever You and I Too scared to say goodbye Because of what would happen later We're not doing us any favors I'm so sick of living a lie So screw all of our reasons why And I one listen, love it, memorize. It's so good and so raw. Just Thank the rawness you. of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your heart with us. We appreciate it as listeners. <laughs> oh. Okay, so tell us we got one more. Tell us yeah, about this next one. So we got another breakup song for you. Imagine that. Uh, this one's called Hate Me, and this just came out on Friday. So 
If you guys like it, you can check it out on everywhere song music is sold, but uh, Spotify's got it, Amazon, Apple Music, and there's a video on Vivo right now. Um, this song is kind of like a coping mechanism for not wanting to be the bad guy in a relationship, um, but actually you're just sort of admitting, just go on and hate me, and that way it's easier for us to just walk away. So it's kind of trying to push the situation into anger so that you guys don't have to have compassion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think psychologists would probably think this song is not the best uh, strategy, but I, I anyway. All, <laughs> I think we all can relate to this. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is called Hate Me. Everything seems okay right now The bottom of the sky hasn't fallen out But I know when it comes It's gonna get ugly, get ugly You don't know you as well as I do So baby, don't wait a week or two Go on, pull the band-aid off We'll both be better off if you just Come on and hate me Tell me you regret you ever met me Make sure that it hurts right as I'm leaving Make me believe that you never even really ever loved me Come on, baby, hate me Don't need those coffee mugs from Portland Don't need that sweater from your drawer Don't need you to chase me down the stairs and out the door, no Don't need to hear I'm sorry Don't need your version of the truth There's only one thing left that I need from you So come on, come on and hate me Tell me you regret you ever met me Make sure that it hurts right as I'm leaving Make me believe that you never even really ever loved me Come on, baby, hate me Oh, come on, baby, hate me I know you're not much for crying So why go star right now? Why go start right now? I'm just trying to make it easy on you, on me. Come on and hate me. Tell me you regret you ever met me. And make sure that it hurts right as I'm leaving. Make me believe that you never even Just say you hate me Don't say you're gonna miss me Just say you hate me Don't say you're sorry, baby Just say you hate me Don't say you're gonna miss me Just say you hate me
I mean, I just I can't even get over that song. I feel like everyone has sort of experienced that on some level or knows someone has. The way you put that into words, <gasps> Jillian Jacqueline, <laughs> you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on my Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank I you so much. I'm you asked all the right questions. I'm so glad I got you before you're a superstar and I can't get you again. Hey. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Caroline, she's the queen of talking. I know you loved hearing from Jillian Jacqueline. Make sure to follow her journey. Get all her music. She's about to blow up. Next week, I have Steel Union. This is a group of three people who are so talented. Rachel Potter was a Broadway star. She got 12th on The X Factor. Donnie Fogator and Josh Matheny were in a band called Kingbilly. They were all the rage in Nashville, and now they have joined forces to make this incredible trio. Y'all will not want to miss that interview next week. See you then, and don't forget to subscribe.